0: What is up, everybody? Scott Yeager here with another edition of Challenge Mania. This episode is brought to you by our free Challenge Mania final reckoning viewing party next Tuesday, the Tuesday after Labor Day, September 4th at the East End Bar and Grill on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Come and watch The Final Reckoning with a room filled with Challenge Maniacs just like you, just like me, just like Emily Longaretta from Us Weekly and our special guest Devin Simone from Real World Brooklyn will be in the house as well. All you have to do is RSVP to Challenge Mania Podcast at gmail.com. We have gotten a ton of RSVPs so far. We are not quite filled up yet but we are almost at our breaking point so make sure if you're thinking of coming down RSVP Challenge Mania Podcast at gmail.com and let us know how many maniacs you're bringing with you all righty you did not come for me you came for d so on the line right now they call him tony montana that's right at least jose does what's up derek kaczynski how are you dude
1: i'm not shady shane bro
0: have you heard the hottest new single of the summer (laughs) i heard a little bit of it
1: and actually at some point i don't know i saw him somewhere in an interview or something like that. Maybe it was an Instagram or something. And he had the beat playing in the background. You know what I mean? And it sounded pretty good. I was like, holy shit, that's him? And then they played like him like rapping on on uh on the episode. And I was like, you know, I, I feel like I need to put it together. I feel like I need to listen to the whole song. And I haven't listened to it. So yeah, you know, send me some reviews, guys. If you listen to this podcast right now, send me some reviews on, you know, Jose meets Mon- Tony Montana track.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I listened to it today, and I actually thought it was really good. So kudos to Jose. Who knew he had it in him? But, I mean, dude, it's a, it's a pretty hot track. Here we go. Ready? Yeah. Y'all, ready for, this one. Y'all ready for this one, guys? Jose. Let it go.
1: Let it ride. Let it ride.
0: Let's show him how to eat. Here he comes. Ready? Where's the beat drop? I'm not going to play the whole thing because I don't know if he wants us to but pretty good I'm not going to lie like if I didn't know that was Jose which I hate when people say that people say that when I you know when they hear a voiceover I did or I show them a commercial I was on or I did this animation demo where every voice on the animation demo is me and I'm even like this witch who's like kind of sounds like a woman and I'm this British guy and everyone's like oh my god it doesn't sound like you if I didn't know it was you and I hate when people say that so don't get me wrong I hate when people say that but if I I didn't know that was Jose. I would be like, yo, that shit is hot. And the fact that I know it is Jose doesn't make me like it any less. I'm just, I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm surprised. Cause you know, I didn't even know he had ambitions of being that type of musician, but man, he killed it. So
1: I know why you're surprised and why people are surprised is because they've seen him go on champs versus stars, uh, you know, drowning in a pool and, and, and playing floor hockey with two left feet, you know? So, you know, that kind of, that, that no, kind of not, not necessarily
0: because to be honest with you I don't I don't really associate being good at floor hockey with being a good rapper but I thought man I really like that track I tweeted about it today support your your uh, I almost said fellow challengers like I'm on the show or something like that but support the challengers and in their you know other creative ventures and other endeavors. I mean, by listening to this podcast, by definition, you are supporting Derek and one of his. So kudos to you for that. But support Jose. If you got Apple Music, go and play the song for free because, you know, they keep tabs on those numbers. If you got Spotify, throw it on there. And if you don't buy it, it's probably 99 cents or something like that. Um, It keeps people motivated. And, you know, look, if it sucked, I probably wouldn't have played it. And, you know, know, I probably wouldn't have mentioned it, but it's good. So check it out. And uh, they played it in the episode, which I thought was really cool. It gives me Hope that when you're back on the show, they might let you rock a Challenge Mania T-shirt at a reunion or something.
1: <laughs> and 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 you know, I mean, which which uh, which rappers, you know, really can't play floor hockey and can't swim. I mean, come on, bro.
0: Yeah, so here's the here's what I'm, I, kidding. I, I I'm, just joking. I'm
1: kidding. I'm kidding. No, but
0: so pro- props, to, props to Jose who uh, played a major role in yesterday's episode, but sort of on the defensive end, the uh, the person on the offensive on last night's episode is the namesake of the episode. The episode was called shameless. And uh, you'll hear me joke about this later in the episode that I get the pun, and I'm always one to appreciate a good pun. But this was the least Shaneless episode they've ever had, because Shane has skirted in the background of some episodes, but not in this one, my friends. This was chock full of Shane. So if you don't like Shane Landrum, this was not the episode for you. Um, Shane came in hot. He got into, he sort of got into a nice, a nice conversation with Devon. But we saw that play out in an earlier episode. He gets into a little bit of verbal thunder with Johnny Bananas. A little bit of verbal tussling with Cara Maria. And then we see the way that he throws that challenge at the end with ends with that grand finale of him and Jose rekindling their feud from Champs vs. Stars uh, on this episode, soundtracked by the Tony Montana song by Jose. So it all worked out for him in the long run. But man, Shane was the I don't even want know if I want to say star of this episode, but he was certainly the focal point here. Very polarizing episode. We did take the opportunity to launch a new Shane design over at the ChallengeMania.shop. You guys could check it out uh, in very fitting fashion. It is a wanted poster because Shady Shane is a wanted man after uh, the uh, ruthless slander that he spewed last night. But if you are a Shane fan, head over to challengemania.shop. We have free shipping for the next two weeks over there. Even if you're not a Shane fan, get your new car gear, get your Kayla gear, get your Let's Go, get your your Challenge Mania gear. Whatever happened to Challenge accepted. I'm a Challenge Maniac. Those are actually still probably our best sellers to this day, even though we have some great new designs up there. You guys continue to purchase the Challenge Mania podcast stuff, and we can't thank you enough. But back to Shane. So speaking of Shane, after last night, I was like, we have to get Shane on the horn to to explain what happened. So I actually spoke to Shane earlier today. D, you were busy, but that didn't stop me. I got Shane on the horn before we went live on Instagram and spilled some more stew, but so... After we get to our first guest, we are going to air a 20 or so, 20, 30-minute interview of myself and Shane breaking down last night's Shameless episode. And uh, he goes into detail on all of these altercations he was a part of, and also the decision to make the move that he made by throwing that challenge. So that will be after our first interview, uh, which I'll get to as well. But D, first I want to get your opinion. Unfortunately, you weren't there to share it with Shane to his face. What did you think of homeboy throwing a challenge? a team challenge like that when there's other people's games on the line and doing it so blatantly and in such a showy fashion.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm mainly pissed off that, you know, Shane broke the damn game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the game was supposed to be a headbanger, you know, between, you know, the guys and the girls to see who's got the biggest balls in the house. And it turned into, uh, uh, instead of a headbanger, it turned into a head scratcher because,
0: did you just steal my line? Did you just steal my line from the Patreon podcast last night? I'll let you have it. You can have it.
1: No, I don't know. I didn't realize I did that.
0: When you but, said um, it was supposed to be
1: a head banger, and I said more like a head scratcher. Yes, yes, yes. And maybe I did. Maybe I did. Because you know, here I am. I'm. I'm I want to see people get lit, lit up. You know what I mean? I want to see people get de-cleated. I want to see like you know. Come I on, see man. It's the Zach, oh no, you're no. What's the, what's the segment? Not come you
0: know, on, man. What was the other one? Um, what was the segment on Monday Night Football? The, come on, man. No, the other one when somebody yeah. used to get when somebody would get lit up. What did they, what did they say? Jacked up. He got jacked up. That's what it was.
1: Oh yeah, but we we need to get our own segment of come on, man. And that's totally, that's totally exactly what happened with that episode for me in my mind. You know, because I wanna see Zach. I wanna see Joss. I wanna see, I wanna see what Johnny's still got. You know what I mean? Everyone's still like, you know, you know, he's still a six-time champ. You know what I mean? Now, you know, all the all the vultures are coming after him, you know, this episode and, you know, leading, you know, leading by the lavender you know, being led by the lavender ladies and Shane as their, you know, as their captain Sparrow or whatnot, you know what I mean? Or is that swashbuckling Kyle? I, I don't know. I'm getting confused now with my pirates and come on, man, but we need a come on man segment. You know what I mean? It's like, like, like what the fuck moment of the week or something like that. I know. Like, you've been dying. You've
0: been dying. Di- you, you bring up that what the fuck moment of the week, like every other podcast. You're like, maybe we have a what the fuck moment of the week. Yeah, I like, I yeah. like that idea for the Marie segment we had when she was on. It was like, you're corny. Um, but let me ask you real quick. Cause you know, you mentioned it being, uh, you know, it was marketed as a headbanger, Let's break that down for our listeners who might not know what we're talking about. I think it might have even been the challenge on social media. I know I saw Zach and some other people calling the challenge. Oh, we
1: got a headbanger on our hands. Listen, and, I talked to, talk to these guys. I talked to these guys in Orlando, and they're like, man, I lit this guy up. Ooh, I got my hands on this one. Ooh, I got that guy. And now was you know, this I'm, challenge? They so were talking about this specific challenge. I, uh, look. I I would ima- I was ho- I was thinking that that's what it was. You know what I mean? What else would it be? Well, you know, stay tuned. I guess maybe there's you know maybe there's more to come. I don't know. I don't know. Well, this but challenge yeah, ended it.
0: up certainly being about Shane throwing the challenge. So if there were some off camera hits and whatnot, because I mean they essentially played rugby, there was probably some off camera hits and whatnot that they didn't show. Um, but Shane does make it very apparent that he is throwing the challenge. From a strategic standpoint, uh, against the uh, against the best wishes of even his own partner there, but um, and yeah, and Jose did not like it. Not a lot of people liked it. Tony certainly didn't like it. Um, I'll say this. This is the next step, and this is what we're seeing every week. And this is the trouble you have when you're throwing twists and curveballs left and right, and the challenge themselves are are setting this precedent where it's like, okay, here are the rules. We're going to bend them. We're going to break them. Oh, guess what? You thought Jose and Devon are going in? Eh, wrong. Actually, it's Hunter and Ashley. Oh, you thought Hunter and Ashley were just mercenaries? Eh, wrong. They can actually take your place in the house. So they're doing that. Then they have a daily challenge where guess what you're not just playing for yourself but you're playing essentially for the goodwill of the other people on your team. Well, guess what if you're on a team with people you don't like and you decide hey I'd rather them lose than me win why can't you you choose to play the game that way you know that's yeah. how the challenge is playing the I, game. Well,
1: well I think I, I think that's the that was actually the best move for Shane to make you know what I mean and um, I, I think but it it does put you know three bigger targets on his back because whoever was in on his team is probably now like, Wow, you are a fucking asshole. And uh, you know, and and yes, and, you know, looking at it now, it's like that that is probably the best move for him to make. And then why put his body on the line like that? Like in what? So he can come out like Anissa? I mean, come on. Come on, smarten up, kids. Smarten up. Come on, come on, yeah. come on, come on, man. The only the only head banger was me over here banging my head against the wall when you know when all that went to shit. Gosh, yeah. what is happening with these days? With these kids, they're casting Scott.
0: I know. Am I right? Kids these days, millennials. Am I right? Look, there's no better week to Shamed become a. a millennial.
1: <laughs> there's no better week to throw the challenge. He, he brought back. He it is. It's a throwback dude, because we haven't seen. Um, I actually think at some point, like throwing challenges was like illegal. Like you couldn't do it. Like, I don't know. I think through the grapevine or something like that, like you couldn't do it anymore. I don't know. If you're not cheating,
0: you're not trying, all right? I say it all the time. This There's no better week to become a Challenge Mania patron. You just go to patreon.com slash challenge mania because if the two podcasts we do a week here for free are not enough for you, which for some of you guys, they are, and that's fine. The first podcast we did this week with Trishelle was absolute fire. I loved it. That was one of my favorite podcasts we've ever done. So go check that out if you haven't heard it yet. Trishelle was an amazing guest. We will definitely bring her back again. Today, we have an episode with not one but two guests, but also, if this is not enough for you we do bonus podcasts over at patreon.com slash challenge mania this week there will be two bonus podcasts because we already taped one of them and we did a fantasy football draft of some of our patrons where all the proceeds go to charity and we did the draft last night d and i were on skype so while we were making our picks we were also talking about the episode that was we're taking questions from the patrons in the draft room and we put that up today as a bonus episode later in the week we're going to be taking more of your questions to talk about the episode last night some of the news that's come out since the episode a lot of the react to it, a lot of the stew on Twitter. So there's no better week to become a patron just like Maddie Margarita. Emily Roberts, Christian Hafcherek, Yvonne Smith, and Brian, who is a longtime Challenge Maniac, finally decided to become a patron. Brian will be in Washington. He's a big MMA fan. He writes me all the time. Shouts to Brian. He will be Brian, in Washington. Brian B. Floyd? B. Floyd? No, not B. Floyd. No, not B. Floyd. But B. Floyd also. Shouts to B. Floyd over in D.C. But Brian Walsh will be over in D.C. as well. October 13th at the D.C. Improv. Tickets available at ChallengeManiacDC.com. Now, our guest on that show is also our guest on this podcast. And just like the episode last night where the episode began with Hunter Barfield, Stealing the show, winning an elimination, and getting back in the house. But the episode kind of got hijacked by Shane. That's sort of what's going to happen today because on the podcast today, our first guest will be Hunter Barfield. We're going to have a nice lengthy chat about him, what he's been up to since we last saw him on the show. Remember, we had him on the podcast. He's one of our first guests. I think he was our second male guest. I think we had Tony and then Hunter, if my memory serves me. So go and listen to that as like episode four or five. Don't judge me and D on our podcast skills from back in the day. But it's a good time to get his casting story all the stuff from invasion the stuff about the wrist injury from the early on standpoint because that's when we got that all out of the way we're not going to touch on that again so this episode will be about what what he's been doing since it's going to be about last night's episode the challenge the healing of the wrist to the point where he's able to get back on the show We're going to talk about Ashley and him being partners. We're going to be talking about her straight line to his face about hooking up with Kyle and then after we're done with Hunter Barfield, Shane's going to come in and screw everything up just like he did last night. So this Challenge Mania episode is going to be the perfect mirror podcast episode to last night's Final Reckoning episode. All right, Hunter's ready to go so we're going to hit up Hunter. He's at HBarfield13 on Twitter. Make sure you let him know if you like him on the show. I'm at Shot of Yeager. He is at DerekMTV on all platforms forums. on my Scott of Yeager on Instagram. I do want to give a quick shout out to the winner of our Landon Photoshop contest, Mr. Brad Parrish. He made the I Am Landon poster, swooping in right there in the ninth inning and winning the contest. Shouts to you. you got a challenge Mania swag Pack coming your way. And the runner-up, I'm still going to send Courtney Legall something as well because she had that really funny image. A Landon in the dentist chair with an iPad and the sweater on with the Colorado skyline or the Colorado uh, sunset in the background with the mountains and everything like that. So, shouts to Courtney as well. She'll be getting something from us, too. One more day to vote. By the time you listen to this, they might have closed voting, but if they didn't, please head to shotofyeager.com. That's S-H-O-T-O-F-Y-A-G-E-R and vote for us to bring our panel, Reality Mania, to South by Southwest in Austin next year. Even if you don't live in Austin, even if you don't go to South by Southwest, if you listen to the show, help us out and vote for us over at shotofyeager.com. It'll just take 60 seconds of your time. All right, let's give
1: Hunter a call. You ready, D? Say hello to my little friend.
2: Los Angeles, California, we are coming to you for
0: Challenge Mania Live. Saturday, September 22nd from the Brea Improv in Brea,
2: California. Come thirsty because Susie Meister and Sarah Rice are our guests and they will be serving up some tea.
0: Oh, we will definitely bring the tea. Wait, you guys don't call call it tea you call it stew this is california though better be vegan there's a pre-show meet and greet and a 90 plus minute live interactive stage show
2: where you guys the maniacs and the brainiacs will be part of the show
3: personally i just can't wait to make derek super nervous and uncomfortable it's my favorite hobby
0: yeah um there's a good chance that happens derek he uh scott
4: derek knows we're coming right actually you know what don't tell
0: him That'd be even funnier. Challenge Mania Live, Saturday, September 22nd at the Brea Improv in Brea, California. Show starts at 6 p.m. Meet and Greet starts at 4. This is one live show I promise you guys you do not want to miss. Tickets are available at challengemania.live, but they are going fast.
4: I just love that Sarah gets to headline a comedy club 10 minutes from Johnny's house
0: so we were going to have faith and angela on the podcast today but hunter barfield came in and took their spots no that was last night on the final (laughs) reckoning just kidding on the line right now he is back he is back in the challenge house he's also back (laughs) in your earwaves here on challenge mania he'll be joining us in washington dc on october 13th at the bray improv mr hunter barfield is here what's up brother
4: What's going on, you guys? It's good to be back. Um, it, it's good, you know, to be back and to be back on the challenge.
1: Yeah, back in the game, man. Congratulations, dude. Uh, yeah, man. You know, I was, I was, uh, I was a little worried, you know. Once they, I saw you throwing, throwing a full fist. Look like, look like you were wearing like a hockey glove. Yeah, so like, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Were you using both hands, or you know, did it, um, I was, you know I couldn't believe it? Your first time back and. You know, no, like no one, you know, the challenge guides are like, you know, they're like, you know, shooting. They didn't even care. They're just like shooting lightning bolts and, and thundering. And they're like, no, bro, you got to You got to blast through this with the fucked up hand, you know. So yeah, yeah. I was worried. What, what was that like, man?
4: Well, I'm not even going to lie to you, dude. You know, I kind of <laughs> I, uh, I, <laughs> I, I was explaining this the other night, you know, being a, a former athlete, you know, you got the pregame jitters. And the best way I can explain it is, you know, like if you're on special teams and, and the very first play during a football game is a kickoff, and, you know, if you're on one of that – you're going to make contact that first play. And once you get past the contact, there goes the jitters, you know, there goes the anxiety. It, it's, you're in the zone at that point. And, you know, I was worried. I was anxious. I, I was the most nervous I would ever been in my entire life. And um, when I made first contact, first punch with my right wrist and it held up, I was like, let's go. It's game time, baby.
0: Now it's, I I talk about all the time that the challenge gods probably don't have the luxury of being able to have like another challenge on standby uh, to know that based on who goes in, we should line up the type of challenge to go with, whether it's, you know, guy, guy versus guy, guy, or a strength challenge or endurance or whatever. But they had to know when they were bringing in the mercenaries. I refuse to believe that. So, I mean, like, I I can't believe, did you say to somebody at any point, like, are you guys messing? With me at this point are you trying to make sure My wrist will hold up because I'm not going to lie Like this is like the exact opposite Of what I would put my stud Prospect who has maybe still Lingering wrist injury out there doing In his first time back
4: Oh dude I'm not going to lie to you The director of the show he comes up to me right off Of rip and he's like hey man we know about your Injury and we're just letting you know that this Is just the way the cookie crumbled
1: <laughs> uh, So if your wrist yeah. crumbles
2: Yeah oh, well, yes. well 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 and I'm
4: thinking to myself I'm like uh uh it, it was unfortunate um you know that I had to do that right off for it but I'm gonna tell you what Scott I'm gonna tell you what it was a blessing for me it was the best thing because I'm not gonna lie to you guys I haven't done any full contact with my wrist since the injury occurred so it, it, it was time you know what I mean it was time yeah. to uh to find out it was time to find out to see if it was gonna hold up to see if I was gonna be the man I was before the wrist injury. Wow. So you haven't punched any bags, you know, like, no, yeah, you know, like, absolutely not. I was advised wow. to stay away from any of that, like pretty much forever.
0: Wow. Wow. Wow, dude. So man, uh, are you hoping your doctor doesn't put on MTV at nine o'clock on Tuesday? Because geez.
4: Yeah, man, my dog, he would be uh, he, he wouldn't be happy with that one. But, you know, I'm a competitor and he knew that as well.
0: All right, I'm going to I'm going to ask you the question I think everybody wants to know. In your opinion, having watched it back now because when you're in it it's probably hard to have the perspective, but having watched it back and seen how much they were dominated, if if Faith doesn't crap out there, and I'm going to use the word crap out, it sounds in like a super negative, but she was doing so well and all of a sudden she hit this wall, you know, if she doesn't, for lack of a better term, crap out there, do you guys lose?
4: Uh it's a high possibility, yeah, because um there was two equalizers equalizer number one uh my drywall was three times as thick as theirs which it didn't really show it much but it probably took me maybe four punches to not completely through the drywall they really didn't show me hitting the dry I handled it very very easily um but uh, Ashley, actually she was struggling a little bit and because she was struggling our rope was shorter and I couldn't I couldn't reach out and, and and hit my wall because she had to bust through a couple walls before I could even go. It, it, the only part they showed is me. I'm literally leaning out on my tiptoes, just using my left hand, and I hit it probably three times, and it busted through. Um, I'm watching Faith and Angela, and they are kicking ass. They are really, they're you know they're they're insane. They're doing really well. So um, you know, just Ashley's hard head, literally, you know, got us, got us through that
1: elimination. Hey, so it, was it surprising that, that it was drywall or what or was, was it more surprising to hit the drywall or run into a spider web full of saran wrap like you did in the dirty 30, which oh. one was worse, which one was more surprising? You know how, like, like today, like I went to get my haircut and I was leaving and one of the doors, uh, one of the doors is like locked, right? So you can only walk through or walk out of the, 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 the one that's open. So, but my son, you know, w- wants to go out the right door, right. Or th- the one that won't open. So he kind of like hits it like pretty hard, but he goes at it. Like it's, you know, gonna just sway yeah. right open. And so you get that like initial like jar. And I know you got you and Leroy got that in the 30, 30, when you guys won that elimination and it must've yeah. been like surprising as fuck, you know? So, well, was there a big difference there? You know, were you surprised? Oh, with, like, yeah. The,
4: the, the physical aspect of the Leroy and I's elimination was was head and shoulders beyond what that punching through that drywall was. When I made contact with that first that first punch with my left in that drywall, my hand kind of went through. So it wasn't really a jar. It wasn't really that big of a deal. Oh, um, mm-hmm. they, they didn't really, like I said, they kind of, if, if you guys didn't notice, they kind of edited away from showing my punches. Um, they didn't really show too many of my punches. Um, and so so definitely the phys- physicality of that one Leroy and I was, was to a higher extent. But, I mean, like you saw, you know, Faith gassed out. And that's just the way the cookie grumbled. So
1: so did she gas out? Because I don't think she crapped out. Because I think that, that uh, sounds like she, she gave up. Um, did she gas out or did she hurt her hand? That's um, what I was thinking. I,
4: I know she hurt her thumb. I didn't really you know, see personally, but, uh, I think that, uh, I think the girls had to hit the wall a lot more than I had to hit
0: it. Um, and I can't say, you know, I can't say. I, I really don't know. I really don't right. know. This person's Twitter handle is Make the Challenge Great Again. Uh, and their question is Hunter, what's your opinion on equalizers for eliminations this season? It sounds like you endured one of them. You last night during the episode tweeted out clarifying that there was one implored here. And what I'm fascinated by is that. This isn't something that they show us on screen. So they're not making it clear, hey, we're trying to even the playing field. He has three times tougher drywall. Or we're trying to even yeah. the playing field so Paulie has two more elastic bands or whatever. We just see it play out. And then you guys sort of take to social media to kind of stick up for yourselves and be like, hey, just so you know, this happens. So how do you feel about the equalizers? And then I want to know, how do you feel about them not necessarily shining a light on them? I don't like
4: it. I don't like it. At all. I don't like the equalizers. Um,. uh, and obviously there's not a way to avoid it. You know, like Ashley and I were a male female team going up against a female female team. And, you know, personally, I, I don't like them. I don't don't like them because you never know which way they're going to go. is the equalizer that much harder to the point to where a male can't do it at all? Or is it really not that much of a difference? You know what I'm saying? So I I really don't like the equalizers. Um, And no, they didn't really shine lights on them, you know, to kind of let, The audience know, the fans know, hey, look, there are equalizers in this. So, you know, it was weird. It was a weird dynamic. Um, I'm not a big fan of them.
0: Yeah, we've heard it become such a part of the conversation. I think this season in particular, because of the guy, 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 girl, girl, guy teams, they're they're obviously coming up more often. You know, we've heard people talk about them in regards to one-on-one eliminations when they mention something like a puzzle or something that sort of equalizes the physicality between two people head up. But now it seems like it's coming into play because, as you mentioned, who knows whether they go too far the other way to become a de-equalized on the other side of things. Um, have, you exactly. been to- have you guys been told directly, hey, don't talk about that stuff? Because to me, it seems like when you're someone like Paulie who loses pretty much because of one, or when you're someone like you who probably feels like, hey, man, I'm an athlete. I want people to know that had I had the same amount of drywall, I probably would have been done three times quicker. You know, I mean, obviously the instinct is to make sure everybody knows, but it's clearly something they're leaving off of the narrative of the show. So is it something in the gray area there where they prefer that you guys not mention it or is it all fair game
4: sure to be completely honest with you i think that you know they told us that and you know if, if we're told that you know there is a significant uh, disadvantage for a team or significant advantage i'm going to talk about that you know what i'm saying because i want the people to know i want someone to know the truth and that that's all i'm here for yeah that's i wonder if i wonder
0: if a season or two down the line if it's not mentioned on camera because like I brought up recently on Survivor, they do this all the time because not everybody on Survivor is the same height and they have competitions where, you know, you're holding something up against the ceiling for, you know, three hours or whatever. So obviously that'd be easier for somebody who's taller. So what they do is, and they explain it, is that the thing is measured to be like, you know, 60 inches from the top of your wrist when extended for everyone, regardless of how tall you are. That's an equalizer. And so like they mention that on camera, so you know, that's how they even the playing Field, and you know that you know it's all you know on the up and up, so I think maybe because it's becoming such a part of the conversation, they might want to consider actually just putting on screen, hey, this is the amount of drywall for her, this is the amount of drywall for him, so we know you know, and that way if it swings the other way and you're having a harder time, maybe that's part of the narrative, you know, maybe we know that maybe, oh man, wonder if they had played a guy guy team, would they have won, you know, and that can be part of that, absolutely,
4: I totally agree, and the thing that the The biggest equalizer for us was our rope was shorter, so I couldn't go – I couldn't move forward to punch my drywall until Ashley had broken through her first two, which gave me enough slack to where I could go forward and punch my drywall because the walls are about seven, eight feet apart.
1: All right. All right. All right. Enough about the damn equalizers. The guy won. Ashley won. She put her head through the damn drywall. He put his, you know, broken, his shattered wrist through the drywall. All right. He's back. Hunter's back, baby. The kid is back. (laughs) I think as you like to call himself in the, uh, in the dirty, dirty.
4: CT gave me that. Remember?
1: Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. I don't know. There was a lot of me, you and CT going on those (laughs) those days. I feel like, uh, um, so, so you guys get through and the first thing you do is, is, is you do your roar and then you, you look into the eyes of the people that are not happy that you're there and you yeah. directly go right after Johnny bananas. But of course, Tony, um, who ended up being like, you know, like a close ally of yours, actually, you know, in making it to that, you know, same stage you did, you know, before, before, you know, I had to take the before I had to take the, take, <laughs> t- take it and go, <laughs> yeah. and um you know like so you, you you see johnny he's the first guy you call out was there anyone else there that like you know um no. that uh you felt that fe- that you felt didn't didn't want you there didn't like you or was it just no. and do you really feel like johnny you know has has yeah. it out for you or doesn't like you
4: no i don't think johnny specifically is just like you know what fuck hunter i'm 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 gunning for hunter i don't feel like that at all but <laughs> I know that he recognized that Ashley and I are were a very strong threat in the game, and Faith and Angela being rookies. Not saying that you know the potential for them isn't there. I'm not going to downplay they, as, them as a team. I only got to compete against them during one thing, but um, you know, based off experience alone and the accolades that Ashley has and accolades that I have, uh, he definitely wasn't excited about it at all. And he was the only one I could feel that
3: from. Uh-huh.
0: Uh huh. And he's the, not the only one, but he's one of the few people who actually has gotten this sort of treatment on a season before, as was highlighted by TJ, who TJ gets better and better every week, but this was just like having this intel in your back pocket, TJ, in this moment was perfect because he's like, Johnny, I seem to remember you coming in at this same exact point in the season on Invasion. <laughs> Cue the clip of them walking in halfway through that season. And let's be honest, we as viewers talked about how unfair that was at the time. So not necessarily saying that means all is fair but to have Johnny the guy who has had this happen to him over and over again be the person who I believe even made a a snide comment like oh that's real fair or something like that I mean how did that make you feel that not only is he pissed that you're there because that's kind of cool that's actually kind of a showing of respect that this guy's worried that I'm in the house now but I mean how hypocritical is it to see a guy like Johnny Bananas who gets preferential treatment probably on a level that no one can match saying that it was unfair that you guys got to be a part of this twist.
4: Uh, it's extremely hypocr- hypocritical, Scott. And, and and here's the thing, though, and, and this is the way that I think that Johnny plays the game. It's just my perspective and my opinion. Uh, Johnny wants the easiest route to a final every single season. That's just what he wants. He doesn't want new teams coming in that are a threat. He really doesn't want to go up against mano-a-mano against the best. He wants to take the easiest route he can to the final. So, you know, I can see why he was a little upset. I can see why. And I'm going to I'm going to once I smell that little bit of blood in the water, I'm coming for it like a great white. I'm coming for it at that point. I love it. I feed off of it. I thrive off of it. Um, Just that little bit of, uh, you know, him being uneasy about what just happened. I'm jumping all over that because I want him and also the rest of the cast to know, look, I'm back and I'm here to stay.
0: We got a good question from uh, Logan, who has Zone Podcast, the Rotten Bananas Podcast. You should check that out. He's been killing it with the guests lately. He just had uh, TJ Lavin on. He says, "At what point did you realize Ashley was going to be your partner? Because unlike these other folks who had to dig their partner out, you obviously get the nice slow mo entrance shot with your partner. So, at what point did you get to walk? Did you find out you were going to be walking in with Ashley? And then also, he says, at what cha- at what point did you find out that you had a chance to jump into the main house and it wasn't just a one-time mercenary thing like the previous season. Is it something that you literally found out in the moment when TJ announced it, when we all found out, did you have a feeling? Because just knowing what happened to Derek, that should have been the rule since they instituted the mercenary thing. Um, you know, uh, okay. So the first question is when, when I know about Ashley,
4: I found out about Ashley, you know, they like when we're getting ready to walk, like to walk down kind of into Armageddon, um, they kind of put us in the same vehicle and drove us down there. So that's when I knew Ashley and I were partners um, and, and I was happy about that. Ashley's um, strengths, uh, they, her strengths are my weaknesses. Um, you know, she's great at puzzles. I'm not that great at puzzles. Um, and, and she's scrappy. She's a competitor. She's a go-getter. She won't quit. So I was thrilled to have Ashley as a partner. And when it come into taking someone's spot in the game, we kind of had an idea. We kind of had an idea, but we weren't 1,000% sure of what was really going on, I was hoping deep down, I'm not going to lie to you guys, I was hoping deep down that I was going to have an opportunity to jump into the game because of the trials and tribulations that I had went through with my wrist and all the work that I had put in to get back onto the challenge. I was just wanting my shot, you know, and when TJ announced it, that's when it sank in. That's when there was 100% clarity that we're going to have a shot in the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I joked about that. Derek, you know, was obviously the guinea pig for this thing, at least in the recent adera- iteration of the uh, mercenaries. We did have them a while back with you know the the banana backpack thing with CT, which also similarly he didn't take his place in the game. But I think there was such an uproar when you know Derek goes out there and you know has this war with Joss and gets nothing out of it, and you know we oh, see these absolutely. mercenary battles happening where Darrell's sitting there and he's like, yeah, no, you know, he got me, whatever. And you're like, man, I wish Darrell had something more to play for. So you could probably see the wheels turning from then. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that's the one thing that gave us an idea because Derek and, and Josh eliminations hands down,
4: one of the greatest eliminations I've ever seen. Um, you know, I wasn't there. I wasn't part of it, but I got to see it on TV as a fan. And I'm telling you, it was unreal. And, you know, the fact that, you know, he took such a beast competitor out and, you know, then Derek also had to you know, just go back home. You know, that was sad. That was sad to watch. So, um, yeah, I definitely think the uproar caused a little bit of that. So that's why we kind
0: of had a little bit of an idea. Do you feel bad at all? Like, do you ever put yourself in say faith and Angela's shoes or in the shoes of if this happens again to another team? I mean, and are you like, man, I wish we could have just started in the house with everybody. Or are you like, no, nah, this was the way to go. We got a couple weeks off. We got to surprise everybody. We're a little bit more fresh. Or do you feel like, oh man, that sucks that we had to kind of take the spot of two people or did you earn it?
4: Uh, no, I don't feel bad whatsoever. You know? <laughs> like, um, and it's nothing personal against Faith and Angela. I'm like, I had no idea we were going up against them. No idea. Did but you I know who like they I were? Was,
0: like, had you watched X on the Beach?
4: No, did not have any idea. Uh, I had kind of seen Faith uh, through social media, but I had no idea who Angela was. Um, I, maybe I think I met her once or twice, but you know, I, I don't vaguely remember. Uh, but I don't. Feel
1: Apparently. Bad. Apparently, she was at the Dirty 30 reunion, apparently. Yeah, but,
4: but I don't—I I, barely—I was also, you know, I was still going through all that with my wrist. So I
1: really don't— Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, was, I, I barely I remembered remember her, too. Yeah, I know.
4: Yeah, uh, so—but uh, no, I don't, I don't feel bad because I deserved to be there from the beginning. I felt like, personally, because of what I went through and because of my journey <laughs> on Dirty 30, so I felt like I should have been there originally, and I was coming for heads, whoever— Was going to be down there in elimination of
0: that. So I don't know if this borders on, you know, illegal territory here, but I'm, I'm curious, like, was it one of those things where you were on standby as you know, you knew you were coming in as something, or were you on standby as a hypothetical alternate? Did they call you last minute? Was Did you think you were gonna be on the season and then got told no? Walk us through that process, because to me, you did seem like an obvious choice knowing you were healthy and ready to go for the season to be starting with the rest of these folks. When you weren't, you know, I kinda feel like, oh shit, man, Hunter, that's a slight against Hunter. Where's Hunter? Now we see that you were an ace in the hole for them, but I'm wondering like, hey, was it a little bit of disappointment for you that then became good news? Or was it kind of like, alright, you're just sitting back And waiting for the good news to come
4: um, Yeah, I don't, I don't really know um, You know, what waters We're territory in with this, but, you know, I'm going to say
1: uh, Save it uh, for afterwards Save it for, save it for later save, save that one for later
0: what okay. do you mean? For, what, for later what? Are we what, what do you mean? We're going to turn the lights off and we're going to whisper? What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> it's either he can – can you know, you can skirt around it if you will. You know what I mean? Because I just want to know this. How about this? How about this? Were you? Ever, did you ever have the emotions of being slighted by not being really? on the show? Yes.
4: You did? Yes. 1,000%. Yeah. 1, 1,000%. 1, and it wasn't like that from the beginning. I'll, I'll give you that.
0: Great. It okay, because that's what a, I wanted to
4: know. It was
1: an emotional roller coaster for me. Let me – I'll just, I I can say that I'll give you that. I think when it's all said and done and the season is over, we should, we can maybe tap back into this question too, you know, on, on, on the feelings beforehand. So I I really actually feel like I was in communication with both Hunter and Ashley, um, as all this was happening, you know what I mean? So I think that, you know, we we tap into this question later on and, and, and get the true feelings of what was really going on in these guys' heads beforehand, you know just I mean? so you know, well, I'm
0: not fishing just for, uh, really, the reason I was asking is because what I gathered from watching you guys <laughs> out there was, is that you guys both had chips on your shoulder in that, you know, I didn't see two people who were sitting in a suite, sipping on my ties, waiting to get the mercenary call. I kind of felt like, suddenly I saw two people who thought, oh shit, maybe we're not on this season, and then boom, now we are. Which is, you're really how it's supposed to be. But, you know, when you see the mercenary thing, they get the slow motion shot walking in, really never know what the arrangements like we know when they're not playing for stakes like d was it is a little bit different so you know i just i felt like you guys were you guys were had been two kind of caged animals not knowing where you whether your place on the show was you know going to be handed to you or not and you had to go and take it and a little bit of that maybe came with frustrations and not knowing whether you'd be on the show at all that's what i gathered and i just want a confirmation of that but it sounds like you can't necessarily give it to me but just knowing that you had an emotional roller coaster that's enough to hear Exactly, and you know that I kind of, I kind of felt like you know I always have that cage
4: animal mentality, as if you know I've been locked up, and you know I'm ready to bust out, and um, yeah. Yeah, it's, you're pretty, pretty close.
0: We got someone named Josh here who apparently is a Bananas fan because his question is, does everybody go after Bananas because they don't like him or to make a name for themselves? It bothers me how stacked the odds are against him. Well, welcome to 2018. You should have watched the show from 2009 to 2017 when the odds were stacked in his favor, Josh. But go ahead. What do you think the reason is for so many people targeting the B-man uh, recently?
4: He puts the target on himself. It's it's
0: literally the MTV Johnny Banana show.
4: It's not MTV The Challenge. It's MTV Johnny Banana show. Like, he brings every bit of it on himself. Like, no one is specifically targeting Johnny Bananas. When he opens his mouth and is directed at me or pertains to me, I'm going to say something back. And if he wants to get into a screaming and yelling match, then by all means, I will do that. And that's just how it is. That's just how it is. It's not like everybody's like, Oh my God, you know, let me, I have this, you know, huge, like man crush on Johnny bananas. Let me take his throne. No, I've never felt like, like, and and this is John, uh, let me me start by saying this. Johnny is a great competitor. I respect any competition in any game I've ever played, but at no point in time, have I ever felt like anyone was better than me at anything because that's just my mental headspace. So I'm not like, Oh my God, King bananas. Let me just come for his throne. No. It's just, he puts the target on himself.
0: Hmm. Um, we got a great question here from Danielle Day. She's one of our new patrons. What's up, Danielle? She wants to know, did you believe Ashley about not sleeping with Kyle? What she's talking about is obviously you guys get into the house. And if not the first night, one of the first nights, Ashley cozied up with Kyle, who obviously had an open bed now that Faith is in Redemption House. She says, and what would you have said to her if she hadn't lied and told you that she did when you asked?
4: All right, so it was a big debacle in the house about whether she had or hadn't. Some of the other guys, you know, were kind of, and and Ashley and I, we're on good terms. And, um, you know, they're kind of giving her shit about it. And, you know, my response is, look, she didn't sleep with him. Y'all, y'all lay off of it. That's my partner. Y'all lay off of it. Um, yeah. So I kind of defended her um, because it was my partner. And um, turns out, you know, she flat out lied to me.
0: So you're defending her, people are like, you know, making fun of her or shining a light on the fact that she may or may not have slept with Kyle and she tells you she didn't, and you're like out there kind of politic of her saying, she didn't, she didn't, she didn't, and everyone's just kind of silently laughing at you because they probably heard her doing it?
4: thousand wow. percent.
0: So when you asked her, so you're, you're asking her for that reason. So if, if people weren't saying anything about it, competitively or anything like that, you wouldn't care that she necessarily went and did that. It's basically what we didn't see with you defending offending her, right? Is that is exactly that it? Got exactly it. Okay. Because I think people were wondering while watching it, like, you know, you asked and she felt the need to lie. We're like, you know, maybe she's embarrassed, but like from a gameplay standpoint, it's actually, I don't know, kind of good strategy. She goes in there and immediately makes a new ally, someone that neither of you guys Whoa. had competed with yet. Um, and, and to be honest with you, I would have been
4: perfectly okay with it. I would have looked at her and I would have been like, I want nothing to do with you. Me and you will never be together if you're sleeping with a... The- Oh, with somebody that's in a strong team, hell yeah. You know what I mean? Like, let's go. Great idea. You know what I mean? like, like you're you're gonna get us further in the game because of that. But you know, I don't really know why she lied to me. I think it was probably because she was a little bit embarrassed.
1: Get ready to watch more of what you love with Xfinity X1, like live sports and more With the Xfinity Sports Zone. Looking for more streaming
2: apps? They're all in one place. Xfinity X1 is the ultimate entertainment experience.
3: Click, call, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas.
0: Um, Kate wants to know what you thought of all the drama in the house in general. So, I mean, the way it played out on the show is that you guys just walked into this shitstorm. I don't know if it was the same night you arrived or not, but this episode was called Shameless. That's because besides you and Ashley entering the fold, having your elimination and becoming the, uh, the mercenaries who take the place of faith and Angela. And then obviously Ashley's little interaction there with Kyle, this episode was all about Shane shitting on other people. And you had a front row seat for a lot of that. We saw you in the background canoodling with Ashley while <laughs> him and I think it was him and bananas were going at it. So what did you think walking oh, yeah. into this? Are you like, man, what, what are we walking what into we- here?
4: absolutely absolutely you know i had pr- prior to that I had done two other seasons and um i could tell from the jump from the very beginning that this was not like anything i had ever done that there was the personalities in the house were i mean people were on edge everyone was so volatile screaming and yelling it was just like a ticking time bomb I, I, every corner around every corner in the house you went into you could you could get your fair share of drama and for me personally i fucking hate it i cannot stand it i cannot stand listening to it i don't i can't stand and the only reason you kind of saw me peeking was making sure my partner did not get involved
1: so so now you get in the house and like you see everyone that's there are you feeling good with the uh with like the people that, you know, I mean, it sounded like, you know, Mm -hmm. there was a few people that were excited to see you and Mm -hmm. your team. And, and it seemed like you, you're, you're still some, some sort of an extension from the lavender ladies. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you know who that is, but I think that that Shane is like the leader of the lavender ladies. And, Mm -hmm. um, so did you feel good about like walking in and being like, oh, shit, like I'm yeah, part of, like, a big crowd of people right exactly, now, Exactly, <laughs> which
4: is not the norm for me. You know, I actually come in late, started the season and had numbers and alliance yeah. on, my, on my side. And I didn't know how yeah. to handle it at first. I was like, oh, shit, what is this? I actually don't have a target on my back immediately, even though I come into the game late and I was relieved because of that you know i didn't feel like my back was up against the wall immediately and yeah with the lavender ladies um, i'm really close with amanda i was really close with sylvia i was really ashley was my partner and then shane and i had we had a pretty good relationship we don't totally hate each other so um
0: yeah dude it felt good i'm not gonna lie Yeah, I mean, between the Lavender Ladies and the TYB, okay, the Young Bucks, I mean, it seems like, yeah, it sounds like, I mean, you guys, like you mentioned, I mean, it's it's them who, like, it, it works out perfectly because you got Amanda, who's partnered with Zach. And who's not part of TYB. And then you've got Sylvia, who's partnered with Joss, who, you know, he's a young buck, but he's not part of TYB. And then you've got your guys who are partnered with other people as well. So, I mean, it sounds like, I mean, if the numbers and the math works out here, you guys are in a position to, especially if you don't, like, make it very obvious, not necessarily skate here, but not be on the chopping block as much as you might have been in a different season
4: absolutely dude absolutely and you know with with tyb with, with nelson having shane which i thought you know they i thought they were honestly i think people underestimate um the potential of shane and nelson um their strength and weaknesses match each other out they balance each other out and i saw them as a strong team from the jump um and you know and then with amanda being partnered with zach i was like oh my god you know what i mean like this can work out in my favor because literally, y'all, with this season, you're attached to your partner at the hip. You're only going to go as far as your partner. That's it. You had to – I mean, you had to work so, through it.
1: So who's on that – so I'm looking at this squad, this this uh, mm-hmm. this this team up of, you know, Lavender Ladies and Team Young Bucks, which, by the way, when we got Zach up on stage in Orlando, do you remember – because I didn't know what TYB meant. Do you remember what Zach yeah. set up on stage? Yeah, at,
4: Team – t- t- team young bitches.
1: <laughs> is that what he is? That was, is that like, was that like an inside joke or is that what something that he would say to you guys in the house or something like nah, that?
4: Absolutely not. He never said that in the house. Um, that, I mean, that's, I think just, it's, that's just kind of an OG verse, you know, the, the new school guy.
1: I got. Yeah.
0: Uh, I got to ask you about uh-huh. your cohort here. We actually had somebody write in. Uh, Challenge Media says, "How did you and Nelson and Corey become so close on and off the show?" #Hashtag Young Bucks. By the way, you know there's a very, very famous wrestling tag team named the Young Bucks, and you guys kind of hijack their gimmick. Just so you know. But go ahead. I
1: didn't know that.
0: Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know that at all. They're like I'm indie sorry. guys, but they're like superstar indie guys. But anyway, oh, go ahead. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm a fan of wrestling, but um, yeah, I would do- check them out. Yeah, i have to check
3: them out now. Have to, have oh, to I'm going to send
0: about. you lots of literature and videos yeah, on the Young Bucks because yeah. they're like the coolest thing outside of WWE. Anyway, I'll send you that. Um, so, yeah, so you, Nelson, and Corey, the, the bond between you guys that we saw clearly – in Armageddon when you guys hugged or what'd you do? You did like a kind of a touchdown style, uh, butt bump with Nelson yeah. and you could tell you yeah. guys really like each other. So while, while Derek and I try to not vomit here, tell us what makes you guys such good friends. Um, you
4: know, <laughs> here, here's the thing, you know, when it comes to Nelson, Corey and I, our friendship started, um, uh, I knew Nelson from Ari, the one, the first reality show I'd ever done. He was on it, and him and I got close towards the end of it. You know, then when I went on Invasion, he was like, yo, you know, there's this guy, Corey, me and him, are boys We're straight, this, that, and the other. And me and Corey kind of got into it at one point, but it was kind of like a, a, a brother thing. It's hard to explain. It was kind of like two brothers battling it out and then, you know, loving each other afterwards. It was like... Uh, And, and the reason I'm so close with those two guys, uh, in particular, because they're like, you know, the first two that I kind of met in this new environment in this challenge environment that I felt like I could always trust that I felt like no matter what would never fuck me over no matter what. And it shows like outside the show, we're always talking to one another. We're always checking in on one another, you know, we're literally like family and it has nothing else other than to do with, you know, I trust both of them with, with, with everything. And they trust me with everything. And, you know, that's why, that's why we're so close. and It's a bond that's rare because here's the thing when money's on the line and money's involved, people change, people change. And, you know, I just kind of feel like with those two guys, those were the first two that I met, you know, that I, I, I felt like would never change on me. Yeah.
1: But do they, but do they trust each other with everything? So remember when that thing happened, uh, that elimination happened and yeah, uh, in, in, in on invasion and they almost mm-hmm. went to you know went to blows um was it was it shady shane pulling the strings there or was it you know uh nelson you know uh line of cory like what what happened there
3: um
4: i mean Derek, uh I, I think shane was in both their ears honestly and oh okay uh, all right I, th- I think he was in both their ears and i think that you know i i can't i wasn't there so i can't really speak on it Um, You know, in its entirety, but you know, I I I don't really have a true explanation for it. Um, But I think that they do now. I think that they both trust each other. Um, But you know, that was a that was a weird little weird little thing that happened there.
0: What's good about you guys having this bond that hopefully one day on a season you three can take to the end? There is that you know that when it comes down to it, you can beat both of them, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, um,
4: I'm always going to say that. And Nelson's always going to say that he can beat us both. And Corey's always going to say that he can beat us. That's just the mentality we have. And that's why I respect him as as and as competitors. Because
0: you know, we all we all think we're the best. I was joking a little bit about, you know, shitting on the young bucks because I actually don't think that we do that. However, somehow word has gone through the grapevine to your boy that we do. Uh, I haven't told you this yet, but like a while back, what was it now? So it was like two weeks ago. I texted Nelson just to say, hey, Nelson, what's up, man? Scott Yeager from Challenge Mania. Would love to get you on the podcast with me and D sometime soon. And this is what he texted me back verbatim. I don't know about that, bro. My manager doesn't think it's a good idea, especially all y'all do is bash TYB, and honestly, it doesn't benefit me. So to me, to which I literally, I didn't send it, but I wanted to send like the shocked emoji with like the big wide open mouth because we don't really yeah. shit on TYB. You're our boy. Mm-hmm. I thought Nelson mm-hmm. was our boy. I know him and D wow. have this kind of, you know wrestling style feud here but i was shocked yeah. to hear that he thought a hey, our podcast wouldn't do shit for him because to be honest with you we've made baby faces out of marie and rogan and paulie and all these other people that people didn't like that came on our show and instantly they have fans so not like they didn't have fans but they turned some people that didn't like them into fans so i was shocked to hear that what's up with your boy dude <laughs> Uh, you
4: know, honestly, you no, know, I, I have this news to me. It's news. It's news to me. What you're saying is news to me. Um, you know, I've always spoke highly of both of you guys and, and th- that's just me, but, um, I, you know, I can have a talk with him and kind of find out what's going on. You know, I think that in the, di- and Derek knows this as well. I, 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 you know, deep down, I know that Nelson respects Derek and I, I feel like Derek, um, maybe respects nelson more as a man now probably in that situation they both hated each other's guts but you know we we grow we move on from situations and i i don't know if it might be a little bit awkward or a little bit weird for nelson i don't dare i don't know what talks that you two have had so I, I, maybe it's just a little bit awkward for him i'm not sure
0: well, I, just, I thought they were just, fine. We're down in Orlando together. These guys were joking around, at Universal Studios oh, and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> I think, I think, yeah. I think Nelson
4: takes it more seriously. You know what I mean? Like, y- y- y'all guys know how it was when it was like we we got slayed on stage. First and foremost, to everyone that's going to listen to this podcast, it is overwhelming the amount of people that like the OGs, Derek, CT, Johnny, Zach, and I guess Tony put himself in that over the people who like Tyb. I just going to go ahead and get that out there. That, that we are huge underdogs in this equation. We are, we got slay. We got booed off stage. We had to take that, take that L right on the chin. We had to take that L on the chin.
0: You but, found uh, your ways of getting cheered. I think you put on that song, Pony. You brought a fan up uh, on stage. You won them back yeah. over in due time. Uh, you yeah, found yeah,
2: your
4: yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. But, hey, but hey, and here's the thing. I, I don't blame them. You know what I mean? Like, I've always said I, I, there's there's two guys that you know I, I really really had always idolized the way that they played the game, and you know Derek was one of them, and Darrell was the other one. So, but um, and and so I see why, you know, I see why. I've never met anyone anywhere at any time who has had a bad thing to say about Derek when it comes to the challenge.
0: Never. Yeah, and he's not even saying – it's funny is that I don't even think he's talking about, like, Derek from a, a perspective of the altercation they had on Dirty 30. I think he thinks that we just do this podcast and we do
2: the, like, all right, guys, it's time for the shit on the Young Bucks segment of the week. <laughs> did you guys see what Corey and Nelson did? Was that soccer's challenge a shitty one or what? <laughs> like, we don't do that.
4: Maybe nah, a little nah, bit, nah, but nah. –
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know you, you
4: guys pick at me a little bit about it, but it's all fun and games. You know, It's 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 like – it's what we are. It's our thing. You know what I mean? It's the young buck, and it's like, hey, it's just, hey, we're here to challenge anybody and everybody, um, you know, we are also are each individuals, you know what I
0: mean. But we just love each other as brothers, and that's just how it is. Well, this might solve the mystery here. He did mention he said my manager doesn't think it's a good idea. Is he by any chance managed by Laurel? Because that could be the that could be the mystery here. Because she not not a fan of me. Um, okay. Um, new. Oh, this is a good question. Derek Paul says he's curious if the broken wrist was the first, not the first, but the most severe injury that you've had to come back from in your athletic. Career, or if you had any injuries prior to this, say in your baseball career and your life in general, that were just as hard as this or harder.
4: Uh, Absolutely, Um, I had one prior injury. Um, The second round of the playoffs in football, my senior year, um, I turned my ankle on a sprinkler system that they just put in, and I broke my ankle. But I wound, I was able to continue. I played, um, finished playing that game, and played three soccer games. And, um, I came back seven weeks from that, had to wear a boot, everything was good there, but this literally took me a year and I was told multiple times that I would never be able to throw again, that I would never be able to weightlift again, that I was going to have to fuse my wrist and my hand together to just keep it in one position. Um, so yeah. And it was, uh, you know, for all the people, you know, I'm always the type of person that, you know, I believe that you can, you know, wake up and, and dictate your day, but I went through a time I have a little bit of depression, and um, it's hard to even for me to admit that because that's not what I'm about, but you know, to, to, be, to be told that I wasn't going to be able to do the things that, that I love, um, it was tough.
0: When you guys get in the house or when you guys actually maybe get into the Armageddon and you're looking up at those teams and you're kind of mixing and matching, I'm sure, and you're trying to figure out who's partnered with who, once you figured out where the deck was stacked, what were the teams that you were like, all right, that's a squad I'm, you know, looking forward to facing. That's a squad that not so much. That's a squad that I think got, you know, a really nice draw here. Ooh, I feel bad for those two that they have to hang out together.
4: Um, me, okay, so I as a fa- okay, so it's it's a it's hard for me to answer this question because I always I always want any opportunity to to go up against Johnny um, at any point in time. I, I would love to go up against him, but seeing him and Tony. Standing beside each other after, what I thought Tony Tony screwed him over in vendettas was like, <laughs> oh my God, Tony, I feel bad for you, dude. Like I don't know how this is going to work out. And then I look over there, at Brad and Kyle, and I see a really strong team. And I'm like, wow, these guys, they got dealt a good hand. Um, and then I look at Shane and Nelson. I'm like, this is a strong team. I look at Joss and Sylvia. And I say, okay, this is a strong team. I mean. Uh, Cam, Campbell, Elimination Queen, seeing her with Kaylee. I'm, I'm looking around, and I, and I'm not gonna lie. I see a lot of competition. I see a lot of competition.
1: Yeah, but uh, yeah, but okay. So, but what it looks like for me with the Lavender Ladies and, and Team Young Bucks here, mm-hmm. and every and, and everyone that they have, the outsiders the, the, from the outside looking in, who's from the who's? How do you how do you put it? Who's on the outside looking in? That that's that's what I want to know, and that's what I'm interested to see in the next couple weeks um, as this challenge. Like, continues. what team yeah. doesn't
0: have a young buck or a lavender lady on the squad? Is what you're saying, right?
1: Who yeah. is fucked in the game right now if they don't win a challenge? Because that's what I see. Uh,
4: see yeah, I, I'm 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 looking at um I'm looking at Tony and
1: Johnny. Yeah, I'm which lo- which, which 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 really which really leads um you know to, to Ashley's move be like solidifying you know the next move in the game you know what i mean like yeah. uh you, you know what i mean as far yeah, as like yeah. safety goes
4: yeah you're talking about her sleeping with kyle yeah yeah that, yeah that because yeah, that, that was the other team that wasn't in our alliance at all but then but man and the thing about it though y'all is kyle's a savage i mean he's been running through these girls so is his loyalty really with ashley
0: I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to bet on no there. I think uh, we saw the interview that uh, some people had, you know, more uh, enjoyment out of that than others. But I mentioned yesterday, he said, he was like, he was like, DJ, if you want to take out a girl I just slept with and send her home and replace her with a new one, I'm all for it. And I was like, that is like the douchiest thing anyone's ever said on TV. He was like, out with the old, in with the new. I was like this guy. I mean, you use the word savage. I thought it kind of came off kind of prickish, to be honest with you. And then Faith, who was just screwed over by him, gives him like the. Line of the episode where in Redemption House she said that's what pirates do they steal booty yeah couldn't believe it and then
1: yeah. and, then, and yep. then lastly I can't wait to see what Kara's reaction is to all this uh, maybe next week we'll find out huh
0: yeah yeah
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I think you guys get a reaction from Kara out of this and and she's really the one that I'm kind of looking at at this point because I I had done you know an event with Cara Uh, In Orlando, and she had spoken so highly of Kyle. And um, so I was, uh, I was interested. I'm interested to see how how Carl handles all this.
0: Well, we're excited to see you in D.C. on October 13th. People can get tickets at DC.com. We're going to let you go, Hunter, because just like last night's episode started with you coming in and taking over the show, but then Shane went and started running amok, we're going to give Shane a call and talk to him about the episode as well. But before we let you go, I want to get your opinion just as a viewer because, you know, you were sitting in the rafters waiting to come in as a, as a mercenary when Paulie Calafiori was doing all his damage and dirty work. But now you've had a chance to see that on your couch, I assume, what went through your head when you saw this dude who we don't know if you guys ever intersect because we don't know if he ever gets back into the house but we do know that you saw on tv now what he did to brad and what he spewed out there as you know a game move by pretending that Brittany and chuck had hooked up in the house when they didn't really and you saw him go off and almost lunge at brad and zach and the armageddon what was going through your head when you're watching this on tv thinking how did i miss this <laughs> yeah, you know what's kind of going through my head is, uh, you know, I'm personally
4: not gonna attack a dude near their girlfriends. That's just not me. that's not my gameplay. He comes from Big brother. he plays the game differently. Um, you know, I kind of I kind of like the fact that he wasn't scared um, you know, of anyone. Uh, I just I, I wasn't a big fan of you know going after the girlfriends, you know, to get in their heads. And I thought it was kind of it looked seemed kind of crazy personally. <laughs> you know to, to do that but uh by all means to each his own and whatever whatever he feels like works
0: all right hunter we'll let you go dude thank you so much for joining us we appreciate you and uh good luck on this season man i think when we all saw that cast photo we we're a little bit disappointed and then when we saw you come out we were rooting for you and now you're back in the house rooting for ashley as well we love her so hopefully you guys can do some damage out there the numbers are certainly in your favor now you just got to not screw it up Exactly, man. Hey, I appreciate you guys for having me. It's always always a good time talking to you, too.
1: Hey, hey, thanks, Hunter. I'm excited to see you in D.C., buddy.
4: Yeah, man. Looking forward to D.C., you guys. Never been. Thank you guys for giving oh. me the opportunity.
1: Yeah, never been, man. I think we might be going to a hockey game, too. Oh, never been to a hockey game either, man.
0: That's, that's Ooh, super fun, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think our awesome. uh, I think our boy, one of the Challenge Maniacs, uh, who works for the uh, Capitals, hooked us all up. So I think we're going to go to the uh, the Maple Leafs at Capitals game. The Caps just won the Stanley Cup, so they're a hot ticket right now. Oh. But he hooked it up, yeah, so we'll be going to that game after the uh, Challenge hey, Maniac Floyd. live. It's, Shout out B. Floyd. Shout out to B. Floyd, Brian Floyd. We appreciate you, and we'll see you guys all in D. C. on October 13th. Hunter, thank you, brother. Yo, holler at your boy Nelson. Tell him we're not anti-team, Young Buck. Uh, I got you I'll holler at him and uh, I can't wait to All see right. you guys in DC and
4: tell everybody out there y'all come out DC and support us for sure awesome brother
1: yep.
0: thanks
4: dude
1: thanks Honor.
2: What's up, Challenge Maniacs? Just want to tell you about some really awesome additions that Derek and I have made to the Challenge Mania shop.
1: No way, Derek is my favorite. Tell me you saw his battle with Jaws.
2: All you have to do is go to challengemania.shop and check out all our new gear.
1: Maniacs come in
2: all sizes. We have tons of new designs for you to show your love for challengers like Jemmy. Can I have a gem class hoodie? Devin. Let's go. Pauly. Who's this Pauly guy? I've
1: never heard of him. Shane. I don't know why, but I do not trust him.
2: And our
0: newest design, Kayla.
1: I don't care what anybody says about Kayla. She's my
2: favorite. Go
0: to challengemania.shop and you can represent the podcast and your favorite cast
2: members today. I don't know what a podcast is, but I want it. I think Devin said it best. Let's go.
1: Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted.
0: All right, everybody, that was Hunter Brian Barfield. He never tells a lie. That's a good person to have on stage for a Challenge Mania Live. You heard it, challengemaniadc.com. That's where you get tickets. I'll tell you right now, the meet-and-greet tickets are already almost sold out, and we've only announced Hunter. Do not wait for the other guests to be announced because those are going quick. Um, But we do have general admission available as well, which is for the show only. But come out. It's a good time. It's a two-hour stage show. We talk all challenge all day. It is hilarious and fun. That's at the DC Improv. You can go to challengemania.dc.com for tickets. D, what'd you think of Hunter, man? He sounds like he's focused, man. I would not want to be going against him in this season.
1: Yeah, I definitely feel like it was a a roller coaster for him. You know, like, uh, you know, you kind of it seems like you I put him on the spot the a little up. bit. I put him on the spot a little bit, but you can he tell, did. you
0: know, you know, it's interesting. Well, I want to know.
1: Well, uh, let me tell you how we would, how I think it would have went. Okay. And, and you get the call late. So you're almost kind of like a call up, right? Like you're waiting to get into the major leagues, but you get snubbed. Like you're going to go and you're going to play in the, in the major leagues in the game and, and, and you kind of get snubbed and you, you kind of feel like shit. And this happens every season when you, when people don't get the call, you know, and you're kind of like And
0: I'm fascinated by that by the way. And I love that on our show we've started to uncover some of that stuff bit by bit. I would love to know an oral history of who the alternates were for every season going back to like, you know, Rivals One, you know, because we've heard a lot of it because you were recently an alternate. We heard all the shenanigans going down in Ibiza with you and Nicole and Rogan and whatnot. But I mean, there's alternates every season, you know, and there's people that come in as mercenaries or get the call or get sent home or whatever every season. And we weren't doing a podcast during. Those seasons, so we'll never know. But I would love to go back in time and hear who had the similar experience that they had, or the one that you had, or any of this stuff that we are now he- having the luxury of hearing about. It's very interesting.
1: Yeah. So you know, just so in case you know people don't know how how my alternate run went, I was an alternate for the, the Invasion of Champions. You know, and and for that I was only a possibility for four guys. You know, so you know they go in late. You know, so. They actually, you know, they asked me to be an alternate, but then the champions don't, the guys that I could replace don't actually go in until like two weeks later, you know, and the shows, you know, borderline six to eight weeks and you know, fuck, you know what I mean? I'm, what are the chances I really get in here? Like someone would have to go in there and literally, you know, like Zach Durrell, like one of the older guys, they have to really fuck up really, really bad. Like, so my chances are like you know slim the nut. I you know, know and then and then on the
0: vendettas way. and then on vendettas when you're an alternate something absurd would have to happen like someone would have to get injured on the orig- on the initial race on Gibraltar right like some british guy would have to get injured you know 20 minutes into the first episode for them to bring you in but that didn't happen yeah.
1: No, because he, cause last
0: place goes home. Because last place goes home. Fine, right, right, right. So maybe that what has to happen is like somebody who they cast for no reason gets sent home off camera, and they never address it uh, because he had some uh-huh. issues with his girlfriend. Maybe if that happened, they would have brought you in,
1: right? Ah, uh, well, okay, all right, all right. Enough. Now you're making me feel really bad. Now I just got demoted to like single A. Okay, so now I'm in single A. Okay, and then then I get called up to like pinch hit, you know, in the fucking. You know, middle of the season, I get called to pinch hit and I fucking hit a grand slam run to win one game and I injure myself going, you know, going home pretty much. And, uh, and, and I'm out
0: again. Yeah, so. I went 90 minutes with a British guy and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. Alright, we gotta get to Shane Landrum because this episode was a good one. We just spoke to the first star of the episode, well one half of the team that was the star of the first half of the episode. Well, that makes no sense. We just spoke to Hunter who was a big part of the episode and now we gotta get to Shane who definitely made this episode take a turn for the slanderish. If you are a fan of Shane go to challengemania.shop and pick up his new gear. There's free shipping all week. I spoke to Shane by myself, D, so So this will be new to you. Enjoy. Shane's got a lot to say. He's very unapologetic as always. But man, that's Shane. You love him or you hate him. I I hope you
1: really got into um, all six people that he's already argued with in in five episodes. We got to four of them.
0: On the line for a very impromptu uh, challenge mania interview here is the star of the not so aptly named episode, although I appreciate the pun, Shaneless, because this was the least shameless
3: episode we've ever
0: had. It was Chalk of Shane. What's up, Shane? How are you?
3: I am awesome. Tell me how my signal is, because I stepped outside and I think I need to stay inside. So I'm gonna go right back inside. Hold you on. You sound you sound pretty good. Okay. Yeah. I think the episodes are named after TV shows. Is that the theme? And
0: I, and I do appreciate that. I mean, some of them have been like, I think one of them was just straight up big little lies. They just like took the title and then some of them they're changing. And so like, this was a take on shameless, the popular Showtime program and they called it shameless. However, this was like, as, as I mentioned, there have been some episodes, unfortunately I'm sure you know that are fairly shameless, but this was not one of them.
3: Not, that is correct, and I'd like to say, just to toot my own horn, this is the second episode that has been actually titled after me, so probably... Really? What was the first? It was on Invasion, and it was a low-down, dirty Shane. Boom. And that's, <laughs> that's when I pulled the um, the original, what was called a snake move against Nelson, which I really was just making it a side bet to save myself, but it, that's... That's where the word snake I the, I get called Shady Shane. this is where Shady Shane the story comes from in college. I was not out of the closet and so when me and my friends would go out drinking around midnight, I would slip away little Irish goodbye. Meet this guy that I had met in our dorm. We would bang it out, and then I would sneak back to my group of friends. And so they would always be like, "Where did Shane go? He's so shady." Because you know this was like before cell phones really took off. That's how long ago it was. So, um, uh, so we—that's uh, where the nickname "Shady Shane" came from. So that I brought onto the show with me, and then the snake came from a low-down, dirty Shane when I made a side bet with Nicole and. Um, That side bet fucked over Nelson, which is why we're rivals, partners, vendettas, whatever you want to call it for Final Reckoning.
0: So we, you know, full disclosure, you let me know, this was probably going to be a Shane heavy episode and you were, you obviously, you don't get, I assume don't get the benefit of knowing exactly how it's going to be cut together and edited and whatnot, but you lived it. Were you pleased with how you were portrayed and with what aspects of this whole stuff, whole thing they showed? Cause you had some house drama and then you obviously have the on the field stuff, which by definition has to sort of play out cause it's part of the elimination. But how did you feel they depicted you
3: in this, uh, in this Shane centric episode here? You know, I think everything was pretty straightforward, uh, exactly how it played out, except for if you watch the Johnny fight, the Johnny fight was really cut up and you can see that because I'm not in the helmet, I'm wearing the helmet that I'm not wearing the helmet. Um, so I can get into details of actually how that broke down. And then I thought the part that it was really misleading was the Cara on the bus, uh, well, what they showed was very true. The tone of the argument wasn't to rip her apart. It was actually uh, it was a conversation between friends. So let me just get into that. So the car on the bus, where did it stem from? Well, yes, while we were at the winery, um, Johnny was sulking the whole time, and the group of us, the Lavender Ladies, plus a few others, Cam and Kaylee. Because let's not forget – Johnny had turned on Kaylee at that point because she was friends with Nelson. So he was just – he was mad at Kaylee because she betrayed him. And so he was sitting in his corner and he was sulking the whole time and we could hear him making fun of us. Like So we were just – we were giggling to ourselves about how upset he was that the tables had turned. And also it's kind of ironic that he makes fun of a group of people for creating a, a, a name when he himself – calls himself Bananas. Like, the man's a hypocrite and he has no idea how hypocritical he is. So it's just like, whatever. So we're sitting there so we get on the bus and on the bus ride it was a two, two and a half hour bus ride from the winery to get back to the house. It was a really long bus ride and I had snuck four <laughs> bottles of wine onto the bus with us so that never happens and the reason why the footage was so bad from the bus it was our from that day in general it was our day off they had it was the it was the skeleton crew so they had no idea what was going on so the fact that I was able to sneak four bottles was it's literally like hitting, Uh, a pot. It's like finding gold when you have no gold. Like it was like the best thing that ever happened to us. We were the coolest bus. We were so excited. So we were drinking, we're having a good time on the bus. And Cara was really opening up to the group of us as a human being. And so it turned into this sort of like, at one point, Cara says to Marie and makes Marie cry. She's like, I really like, I understand you. I'm so happy we're friends. I'm so happy we get this. And I was like, see Cara, this is what I was talking about. We've, we've always wanted to be your friend. We've always supported you as a human being and who you are, and you let Johnny walk all over you. Yet, we're the type of people who've been sitting here waiting to be your friend for years, and you pretend like we don't even exist. And Cara even says in her recap, she goes, like, Shane says that, you know, I don't laugh at Maria's jokes. I laugh at uh, Johnny's jokes. Well, this is is how power dynamics plays out socially. Like, sorry, I went to college for anthropology and, and sociology. So... The way that I was trying to explain her power dynamics wise, Johnny has really stupid, lame jokes. We've heard them a million times, but anytime Johnny makes a joke about Cara, about her feet or about something stupid that he thinks is funny, she laughs hysterically. Marie on the other hand, who is subtle, um, has super great singers. Uh, like everyone in the cast knows Marie is the funniest person in the house. Kara never laughs at her jokes. Never. Because there's a power dynamic that Cara plays into with Johnny. Just like you have a bad boss who makes bad jokes and you laugh at his jokes because you don't want him to fire you or you don't want him to, like, take away your schedule. It's the same way that she laughs at Johnny's jokes. And so, yeah, it didn't make sense to her and she still doesn't get it. But it's just, like, we're human beings. Stop acting like an asshole and realize, like, you're responsible for the way that you feel. This isolation, This all of these things that are happening that you think that um, – or because of us, like you play a piece into it. And that piece is you act entitled, you walk around with your nose in the air and we're just sitting here trying to be your friend. We want to connect to you. And so that was that conversation. Whenever I have a conversation like that with a girl, it never works out correctly. So, um, there's actually a joke in the house, like about drunk Shane, Ripping people to shreds, which is why in the interview I was like drunk Shane ripped into Kara, like because it's like very fun. It's a joke in the house. Like watch out for Shane because he's going to tell you exactly what he thinks, and it's not going to be pretty so was she more receptive to it
0: in real life than it played out on screen it sounds like that's what you kind of mean right or no well
3: yeah well she, she yeah it, i mean the conversation you can see it was actual conversation not people screaming at each other but there was a point where like yeah i did raise my voice because the music was really loud in the van and we were like it was yeah so there was a point where it turned bad and this is what actually happened so it turned bad and then it it kind of healed itself and the van and we were all good again. And it was just like, it was like, and it wasn't just me. It was Sylvia. It was Marie. It was Brad. And it was, it was a conversation between us with Cara, like it was between the group of us, but they just showed me. So Cara leaves and goes downstairs. And so when I walked downstairs, I thought we were good. I didn't even realize like I was being told on to Johnny. Um, but, I wasn't shocked either, and in fact, I was super excited to finally have this conversation with Johnny that I had been holding back on for a pretty long time, so I was happy for that, but what happened after me and Johnny's fight is Brad, Kyle, and Kara got into a fight that ultimately ended in Brad and Kyle not talking to each other that lasted until almost four or five in the morning, so it's it's crazy how no one can see how this whole thing broke down in real life because Brad was upset at Kara because he was like, Kara just came into the house and tried to cause drama. Like she, like we were all good in that van. No one had a problem. We had a heart, to heart with Kara about where we stand with her as a friend. And this is what people need to realize. Like, I don't need people to be my friends. Like I, I don't need Kara to be my friend. That's not what I want out of the situation. I don't need her to text me. I don't want any of that. But people have to realize like, this is our job I have worked with all of these people for the last two and a half years. I live with them. They know more about me. Most of them know more about me than everyone in my entire life. Everyone is like, it's just the intensity of the experience and the conversations we have to have because we have nothing going on. It is unbelievable. Now out of the entire cast, there's two people who refuse to talk to any of us, and, and that two people is Johnny and Cara. And so like, that was, that was the basis of the conversation. It's like, it's not like you need to text me or anything like that, but it's just like, Hey, we're coworkers. We've been working together for two and a half years doing promotions, working, working, working. Like, why the fuck do you, you, you literally know nothing about us and you're sitting here just now seeing that we're good people. But the reality is, is we've been waiting a long time for you just to acknowledge us. Like, so you can the problem is this, is you can't sit in a corner, claim to be a victim, when you, in fact, are not sitting in a corner, you're sitting on your high horse treating other people like shit. And that's why you're alone. Not because you're in a victim and you're a victim and you're alone and people are picking on you. no one's picking on you, no one has been picking on you. All we've been saying is like, hey, like, fucking acknowledge somebody anyways i'm all over the place so it sounds like it sounds like
0: which first of all it boggles my mind that you said oh it was our off day so they had a skeleton crew it's like they let you guys go to a winery and they didn't have like four camera guys on standby knowing shit was going to go down after that that's ridiculous but so that's why that seemed like it was choppy but the the johnny stuff what you said i think was interesting because you mentioned that that sort of played maybe out of order or a little differently than how do you feel like because we've had people mention and we get a lot of questions about this people are obsessed Mm -hmm. with this idea that johnny gets you know sort of preferential treatment. There was the whole ordeal where at the beginning of the season, you know, he was sort of uh, rumored to be off limits when you got to pick who ended to redemption and apparently someone wanted to pick him and they producer or the challenge God said no. Um, Talk about that. Do you feel as if this, you know, argument you got into with him was re-edited to make him look better, to remove some of the zingers you got in and, you know, walk us through that, what we didn't see.
3: Uh, It's, yeah. So first of all, Johnny is treated 100% different than the rest of us um, in the sense that rules change to help him all the time. Like it's not, and just for instance, like just, just if we're playing a game for a million dollars, but you can't get sent in because your partner's not there. That's just ridiculous. Like it's, so that's a classic example. And there's going to be another example later that happens that uh, has the cast up and in, in an uproar over, yeah, but so it's we they they want Johnny there for whatever reason they think he's interesting somehow, but yeah, he's not even a part of the show really this time. Um, and so no, I think I don't know why that they re-edited the, the argument. Well, I do know why a little bit is because if you if you look at the argument and like what I was just saying. A lot of the argument had to do with stuff that wouldn't make sense to viewers because it was about – it was an argument between coworkers about – being a bad coworker, essentially, Mm -hmm. as well. Well, I I say that
0: all the time, actually. People, you know, it's funny. There's a lot of talk about the word equalizer that we as super fans and, and, you know, viewers, we all talk about this on the internet. And after the fact, everyone's talking about the equalizer that Paulie had going against Cam and Kaylee and, you know, the equalizer. But that's not a word that exists on the TV show in that universe. So it's funny that people watch the show and they're like, how come this never comes up? I'm sure you guys are mentioning this in the house, in the interviews, etc. They choose to cut it out. So it's funny you mention this stuff that a there's not enough room for it is half of it. And B also there are certain fourth wall elements that they don't want to acknowledge, which is the fact that, you know, we as viewers are supposed to believe that you guys are all people who magically get together, compete and then go back to your separate lives. But the the idea that you would look at this as being coworkers and you have other obligations and you do press and stuff. They choose to cut all that out because rightfully yeah. so. They don't <laughs> have the time for it.
3: Yeah, exactly. Like how do you it, it it takes away from the fact that we're just a bunch of people put you know put to live in a house when the reality is as we're a bunch of an employees and this is our job and then when we're not filming we're promoting and da, 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 da. we're constantly running into each other doing events together and all this sort of stuff but the reality of the johnny fight it really came down to it was about Devin. and uh so uh, my thing with johnny is is he he thinks he thinks he's an island and the reality is there's no man's an island and so he constantly talks bad about Devin. And if you have any sort of conversation with Johnny, it instantly returns to him. I remember Zach said one time that he was trying to connect with Johnny about his father and Johnny instantly just started talking about his father. And, And, you know, Brad had this situation where someone passed away and it was like, all of a sudden it was about whoever died with Johnny and la, 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 la. And so for me, it was like, I... I had said to, I really love Devin. I think Devin's an amazing guy. and He acts, he's standout. Like he's just a standout person. And, uh, I had always been a fan of Johnny until I did a show with Devin and Devin sort of pointing out to me, like sort of all of these things that I had just kind of overlooked. The reason why I always like Johnny is he reminds me a lot of my father. They have the same humor. They're really funny. And I do admire Johnny. I think he's done a lot of great things for all of us on this show. And he did, he's done he's done great. I don't think he's like a bad guy, but there's things about him that, you know, start to irk you just like I start to irk people. And so what I tried to say to him was like, Johnny, like he goes around saying Devin doesn't belong on the show. He shouldn't be on the show. Um, all this other stuff. And I'm like, Johnny, you're, you need Devin on the show just as much as you want him not on the show because it makes you interesting. It makes you an interesting character to go against somebody like Devin. And he's like, no, 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 I don't need anybody like that. I'm bigger. I'm on my own. I don't, I can stand, like, what are you going to do? Fucking leave notes everywhere? Put a plunger in a bed? You can't constantly do that. You need, if you're going to be a hero, you need a villain. If you're going to be a villain, you need the hero. Like that's the way the show works. Like it's no man's an island. And so that was this whole like, sort of like, you never say hello to anyone. You're a narcissistic sociopath because he doesn't, we've lived in the house for over a month at this point. And if it's, he it's, I've never met someone who doesn't, it's like, they don't, you don't even exist. Like, we spend so much time together and to have someone just not even acknowledge you day in and day out It's like you're a fucking piece of shit. Like, that's honestly what it comes down to. So, Wes
0: Wes was on our podcast a week or two ago, and I joked about the fact that, like, Wes and Derek have had this, like, pretty, you know, well publicized feud for the last 10 years, and he came on our podcast before Johnny, who's supposed to be, like, a lifelong friend of Derek's. And, you know, Wes said, you know, A, case in point, that, and B, that Johnny's someone who kind of only wants to talk about himself and will turn every conversation into a conversation about himself. And I think a lot of the things you said last night kind of echoed that. And
3: so people were tweeting us like, Hey, what Shane's saying is exactly what Wes said. So, and that's, that's exactly the truth. That's exactly the truth. In fact, you can pick it up. If you watch when Johnny and Cara are downstairs, Johnny comes in the car and he goes, Cara, what's wrong? And she's like, well, you know, and she's trying to explain to Johnny why she's upset. And it immediately turns into how it affects Johnny. I can't believe it. And it's, it's like that is classic Johnny bananas to a T. Like you try, you're trying to have a conversation and it somehow it revolves around him. It becomes an echo of him. And you know, that's what, that's what Wes said. That's what Wes was right. So a couple episodes ago, you got into it
0: with Davon who, you know, she can go, you know, you can go. <laughs> and she, I thought, you know, proved a pretty formidable <clears throat> foe for you. Um, yeah. how, you know, how did you feel watching that after the fact? I mean, look, a lot of people didn't love some of the words that you were calling her. Um, do you stand by those? Do you kind of regret, uh, your choice of words in some ways? Do you feel like all's fair when you're arguing with someone like that and they're spewing similar words at you talk about that when you get to sit at oh. home and watch on
3: your couch does it feel any different from being in there? It actually felt I felt more justified if that makes sense. Let me just first preface this. I, if I don't want to use a word that offends anyone, but I am personally not offended by any word at all. I use the word every day in my life and I love it when people call me one because you know what? I am one. Second, when it comes to feminism to say plurally women are bitches like in a rap song or in an everyday vernacular to refer to a gender as bitches. That's anti-feminist. Now, if a specific woman who is being what colloquially you as a society decide is a bitch and you refuse to call her a bitch because she is a woman That is anti-feminist. And the reason why is because you're holding someone to a standard that makes them seem they need to be protected, right? So for me to not call someone a bitch because they are a girl, that means that I think that they're less than me. They need to be protected. And the whole point of feminism is that somebody's equal and you don't go out of your way to treat them disequally. So do I think it was anti-feminist? No. Do I think it was disrespectful? Yes. Do I feel bad that it upset Devon? Yes. Right. At the end of the day, if you watch the episodes, she calls someone a bitch. Angela calls someone a bitch. Jose calls someone a bitch. And there is no pitchforks. There is no torches running around on these people who have also used Cam called someone a bitch. I've been counting. I've been watching. All right. So, it's very, very one-sided, the way that this argument has gone about the fact that I called her a bitch. Now, the reason why I called her a bitch, and I want to make this very clear to people because there's a huge difference between what actually happened in real life versus what happened on the show. We had heard that Zach – I heard through my conversation with Zach, which people saw on television, that they were voting for Jose and Devon. Tony and Johnny had said in the hot tub earlier today that they were voting for Jose and Devon, right? Three votes. I had an alliance with the Lavender Ladies, the few that were there. None of them wanted to vote for Jose and Davon. I felt guilty because of what happened to Jose on Champs for Stars, and I wanted him to have a chance. And I really liked Davon. I thought we were actually working to be best friends. So I had gone into their room, which was Tori, Cara, and her, and I said, listen, I heard that Faith and Angela, they are all. I heard that you have three votes coming for you. We have four teams here. If the four of us vote for Faith and Angela, there's no guarantee that Faith and Angela will go in, but the guarantee that you, Jose and Dave, don't go in is higher. So there's a 25% chance that you're going to go into elimination because they choose you versus 100% chance of you going into elimination. They all agreed at that point, this is the right thing to do. Tori and I specifically said to each other, we don't want to pay play a pussy game. If we're going to take people out, we're going to take people out. We're not going to go around acting all scared and shit. So that was a conversation that we had as a group we all agreed to with who I thought was my friend Davon. Later in the day, I heard that Devon and Jose were going to try and pull a fast one on me and fuck me up. So that's why she says he's scared because she knows that I know that she's trying to fuck me over. But I was like, it's for me. I didn't really care. It was like the whole point was to protect you. It had nothing to do with me. There was no master plan. I. It was nothing like it was literally to protect Jose and Devon. I could care less. I could have played a safe game. I could have made myself not go into elimination. So when I came out of that after the vote, it started with an attack on me. Like I was. This isn't not word for word, but it was. I was foolish to try. Like like it was. It was this it was, I went immediately from them being my best friends to me, to me being stupid. I play the game better than you. I'm big brother. Um, you know, like you don't like, you don't control me all that sort of stuff. And that's why I was like, if you actually listen, I'm not calling her bitch. I'm using the verbiage of bitch. Like, I'm like, you're insane and a bitch. If you think that I did this for myself, like I was heartbroken as a friend when I said that. And then she was like, You're not going to call me a bitch. And she started clapping her hands right away. So my response to that situation is, you know what? I'm also not Pinocchio. You're not going to tell me if I can use a word or not use a word. So that's when I was like, well, I just did. So – it wasn't like I was sitting there going, bitch, 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 bitch. That's people love to blow this out of proportion and change the actual narrative of what happened. But the reality was, was I referred to her. I was like, you're insane and a bitch if you think that I did this for myself. And she turned it into you're not going to call me a bitch and started clapping her hands. And that's when I said, you know what? I already did. So that's not me re-throwing the word around.
0: You guys had a little bit of a, a makeup sesh in this last episode, but you know, I don't. I didn't get the feeling that we saw the all, the all of it. Did it? Did it seem to have the effect that they played it out on screen, which is that that sort of wrapped things up for you guys and you were on even keel again, or, or were you guys still
3: bumpy at this point? Well, I think we were even keel at that point. You know, what's interesting is if you watch that entire episode. You can see that my shirt changes. I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but I'm a little bit. If you watch the whole episode, you can if you can use clothes and in interview to figure out if people are giving interviews before or after something happened. And the shirt that I'm wearing is different than the shirt I'm wearing to describe the actual challenge. But if you watch Vaughn's interviews during this conversation, the shirt she's wearing is the same shirt she's wearing when she's doing interviews about the challenge. Which means the interview where she said, I see right through a bullshitter is a bullshitter. That interview happened after I threw the challenge. So she didn't see through me. Just want to point that out. Right.
0: So she saw through you after the throwing of the challenge, but not after after the, you know, kind of apology session. Oh yeah. Um, Her
3: interview about that happened after I already got them effed over.
0: That is interesting. Yeah, I do. You know, it's funny. It's like, I, I kind of have an eye for those things. I don't know that all viewers do. Once you do start watching the show that way, it's just like completely, I mean, then it's like you're pausing, you got a magnifying glass out. You're like, but it's funny that you say that because hindsight is obviously 2020. And after you pull the move in the challenge, it is hard not to see through you at that point. So let's get to that yeah. move that the episode ends on. Um, I kind of respected it. And it's the next move in the in a line of kind of, if these are going to be the rules, <laughs> then we're going to use them to our advantage kind of thing here with last week we see the uh, cams manipulation of the vote structure we have the burn vote thing that seems to happen and sometimes get messed up and talk about that talk about if it does the old adage if you're not cheating you're not trying hold true on a show that's filled with twists and it's like hey if you guys are going to manipulate the rules and throw red herrings in there and throw monkey wrenches in here if you're going to set up the rules to where i can manipulate them to affect my team better i'm going to do that
3: well that is that is the heart of the challenge. It, you always listen to the unspoken rules, and those are the rules you follow and if they help you win, they help you win. Um, we all know we all know that every challenger knows that. I think that what really upset people about the throwing of the the sabotage, if you will, is that I did it so openly and so disrespectfully, and let me just tell you, suck my balls like. I, my disgust and disdain for uh, the Jose and Davon's team and Johnny. At that point, was so high that I wanted them to know what was happening.
0: Which is interesting because you just said that a few days ago, before <laughs> half of this stuff went down, you had felt bad for Jose, and that was sort of what it was in you know influencing some of the moves you were trying to make earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the tide had changed in just a few days. It seems like
3: no, it tied it tied immediately when they tried to fuck me over. And they called me stupid. When, when she said that she wasn't going to be controlled and manipulated by me, I was like, I wasn't trying to control and manipulate you. I was trying to save you. So once she said, I'm not trying to be controlled and manipulated by you, I made it my mission to control manipulate her and ruin. The, so, yeah. They, it was, and that's 100% it. It was like you made your bed lay in it. The thing she even posted on IG when they're when they're doing the IG thing, she was like, I just don't understand why these vets think they're so great. It would be smart if they tried to take these rookies under the wing and help them. And I'm sitting here going, that's what I tried to do. That is what I tried to do. I tried to take you under my wing and help you, and you spit in my face and you called me a weak player. So now you have to lay in your bed. You made it, lay in it, and laying in it means you're getting effed over by everyone because everyone now realizes you're not trustworthy. It was obvious to all of us that you were a liar and you think you're a great player, so no one wants to be allied with you anymore, and that's unfortunately what happened. Now when it comes – so that's why I was so willing to sabotage and and – and also it's let's not forget on vendettas i helped a team win and they sent me into elimination on vendettas i thought hey i'm going to be a good person i'm going to chill i'm going to just like play a nice game in fact i even and i went in and no one wanted to talk to me it was i was the odd man out <clears throat> and you know what i didn't care I still played. I didn't whine about it like Johnny does. Like, everybody's out to get me. This is a game show for a million dollars. Everyone's out to get everyone else. Stop feeling so special, you cry, baby. Everyone is getting everyone else. You're not effing special. The fact that you have no alliances is your own fault. You've been doing this show for almost, what, 11, 12 years, and you don't have a single person here that wants to lie with you, and you're whining about it? Why? Because of what you did. The decisions you made have resulted in this situation. So stop being a crybaby. Buck up and start making friends with people versus going around with your fucking head up your ass. That's my issue. So –
0: it, it, it's it's harder it's harder to kind of you know keep tabs on this stuff since they have been editing the episodes in a way where we don't know how the votes shake out and stuff. But it was part of your strategy that you guys by you are, you guys are still on the chopping block and could essentially go in to this Armageddon, right? Or are you guys off oh, limits? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely. so I don't get so, why people hate on a move like that when you're
3: you're risking that. I mean. Yeah. Well, if you, if you really upset at me, this is the, uh, Johnny, if you're so upset at me and I need to pay and I need to learn a lesson, then vote, vote me in and face me, motherfucker. But he won't because he's actually pretty, pretty scared. And that's what you'll see when the season goes on. Uh, But I didn't throw the mission. Uh, I only threw the challenge so that they couldn't be safe. That was the reason why I threw the challenge. I didn't care about the two votes, right? I only threw it because I didn't want either of those two teams to be safe. Now, the two votes were a side component, but I didn't need them to be safe. I wanted them on the chopping block. I wanted them to be able to be pulled into Armageddon, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, there's a long history on the challenge when you do these big team uh, challenges where, you know, when you can affect other teams negatively, even if it it hand in hand with your performance, I mean, you might be wise to do that, it's part of the rules. All right, I'll let you go. everybody that was shane landrum thank you guys for this double jam-packed episode of challenge mania we hope you enjoyed it we hope you check us out on the road september 22nd bray improv that's in california right outside of los angeles challengemania.live for tickets it will be myself Derek Kaczynski, as always, and we're joined by Susie Meister, Sarah Rice, Sarah Grayson, and there will be special guests that we're just not telling you about yet. So please, get your tickets. It's going to be an all-star showdown in Los Angeles, the Orange County area, Brea Improv, ChallengeMania.Live. The following week, Boston, Massachusetts. It's going to be a wicked good show at the Howl at the Moon. We got Cara Maria, Cousin Jamie. We got Devin. Let's go. We might have some foamers in the house. It's going to be a good time. ChallengeMania.Boston for tickets. And lastly, you heard him earlier this episode he can't tell a lie he won't be telling lies on stage hunter brian barfield will be joining us in washington dc october 13th ChallengeManiaDC.com dc.com for tickets we are going on the road d man we should get one of those uh we should get a winnebago road rule style for this thing huh yeah come pick me up dude
1: i just moved into a new place uh can't wait to leave here
0: Guys, you got Guys, <laughs> you get one more day to vote. jaeger.com to vote for us to bring our panel. Reality Mania to South by Southwest. We can't thank you enough for voting so far. Really appreciate you. Hopefully we're coming to Austin first quarter of 2019. And remember, free viewing party, New York City, myself, Emily Longaretta, and Devin Simone. Who knows who else will show up, folks. Next Tuesday, the day after Labor Day, it is the, it is Tuesday, September 4th at East End Bar and Grill here in New York City. Please just RSVP, Challenge Mania Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you to the patrons thank you to Ud, thank you to hunter brian barfield and thank you to shady shane i might be the only person thanking shane this week but thank you shane for your time and uh thank you guys all of you guys involved in that very fun episode this week the challenge is picking up d if i don't say so for myself
1: yeah you know and uh i can't believe we you try you, you tried to outdo the trishel episode and i think i think we may have done it
0: I mean, that episode was so good, I thought the only way to even compete with it was two guests. So hopefully we lived up to it. We brought on two of the three stars. Obviously, Ashley Mitchell played a big part in this last episode as well. We'll be having her on soon too, but two of the stars of this last week's episode. Hopefully this was a nice current look at this big, heavy-hitting episode we had on the Final Reckoning. D, thank you so much. Everybody, enjoy your Labor Day weekend. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you next week. Shouts to Ting. Remember, go to mania.ting.com and you can get $25 off your phone bill or a new phone Peace.
1: Thanks, patrons.
0: Tony Montana, get the single. Jose's new single, Tony Montana, iTunes, Apple Music, all that good stuff. Shouts to Jose, doing good stuff. Okay, guys, well, unfortunately for you, this thing just happened here on Talent Mania, so... Uh,
2: Take care of yourself, and I hope you see you in the future. We're going to walk in there wearing these clown masks. Like nothing's bothering us, see? And you're going to hand that pretty teller this note. But boss, if we walk in wearing clown masks, uh, won't she think it's a joke? Add a drop of lizard blood, some eye of wild boar, and <laughs> hair plucked from the head of his beloved marriott. Welcome back to Name That Thing. I'm here with Seth, who has just stuck his hand in a bag of something. Seth, can you name that thing? Oh God, it's uh, covering my whole hand, and it's, uh, ah, it's stinging. Is it uh, poison oak? <laughs> Ooh, I'm sorry, Seth. The correct answer was a bag of ants. All right, son, best way to meet these deer hunters is to stay away from the watering hole. But Dad, that's the best place to meet those. We've got to fight them with everything we've got. Think of your families, your friends, and your loved ones back home. We're doing this for them. All right, bro. So you're going to paddle out there to where the waves are breaking? Uh, could you give me the exact distance from the shore? Uh, meters would be preferable, but, uh, yards will do. Yards? The whole ocean is my yard, Professor. Commander, we have a call coming in from Sector 4. Patch it through. Commander Beckett, we meet again. But this time, there's no escape. My ships have you surrounded, and we will destroy. You. Zardos, Lieutenant, set our engines for hyperdrive. Ah, You're going to dive down lower than any man has gone before. And I'll get that treasure, even if it kills you. Miss Penelope, I apologise for cutting your on blue into bite-sized pieces, but I can't put it back together. All right, all right, all right. I'll put it back together. Somehow.